Welcome to the 145 Rural Podcast, where we are here to strengthen music careers and communities one song at a time. And now, here's your host, Jacob Wing. Yay! Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. And I am so blessed today to have Mr. Travis Yost with us. Thank you so much. He made the journey down to our studio. It's fantastic handshake just to make it official. So glad to be here. Fantastic. And so we'll just get right into it. Uh, you're one of the long-standing premier musicians that is just consistent, and I, and I always see you around, especially in our area, in the community. And I just want to first just start out with how how much we appreciate that we see you, and you set that example for a lot of people. So hey. you're appreciated. So well, the 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 insatiable ego says yes. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, constant hustler in me says okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad somebody knows that I exist, and, uh, and especially the Bitterroot, because this has been a new venture for me, having lived in Missoula for twenty some years. Uh, the Bitterroot uh, come down here a lot now. Right, right. It's right here. There's gigs down here. Why am I not coming down here more? And it's lots to do, lots to see. Gladly come down these days. <laughs> well, well, let's just get right into it. So, let's talk about you. How did you get your introduction into music? What was the start like? Uh, I was. Uh, my dad is a drummer. And uh, so growing up, he does what I still do, or did what I still do, the uh, playing in bar bands and whatnot and uh, in the 80s. And when we, I was uh, constantly um, being told, or uh, <laughs> he was constantly being, called, being told, take him with you, take him with you. Tonight. Right, right. Because uh, I might have been a little annoying, <laughs> uh, <laughs> might have been a little bit of a, a terror, and so uh, I grew up going to those gigs and going to those festivals, those uh, fairs, all that stuff, uh, in either in uh, Indianapolis and surrounding area. But then we moved to Helena in '90, hmm. and so it. He got sort of back into it, and then I dove into it at, at that point. But that's how I got into it. Just it never seemed like it wasn't an option. It seemed like playing music in bands is that's what you do, right? That's what he does. I'm going to go do that. And uh, so my introduction was him, and it was you know a constant stream of Beatles, Zeppelin, and '80s and '90s country. Oh, that's some good influence. Oh, right that's, there. That's, that's really that's, that's the foundation. That's the basis of the whole thing. <laughs> is this like this? Uh, er, you know, everything from. Uh, <laughs> everything from Joe Diffie to, to Garth to straight and all that kind of stuff is like pretty normal. And then a heavy, heavy Zeppelin and Beatles rotation. No, that's a great, like I said, great foundation. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, by what, do you have any modern influences at all? Yeah. My modern stuff is, uh, I'm obsessed with like, I go through waves, but I, I constantly am obsessed with, uh, Wilco. Oh God, of and, course. Uh, and I can't, I can't get enough, uh, Wilco, Calexico and, uh, LCDC sound system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, there's too many, but those like oh Chris Stapleton is more of a this is the most current like I hate discovery mm-hmm. when you use the word discovery you're either saying like oh look what I found or people look at you and go you just found him <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter when I found him uh, but he's a huge like as far as the guy who's doing it and as as pure like him Jeff Tweedy those guys. It's as pure as possible. Right. Like they're not, they're in it for the right reasons and they continually perform well and, and they just write cool stuff. And yeah, those guys. 
Yeah. Well, let's talk about going from that. And then, so what was the early years like? How did you get your start, you know, your first show? And like, what kind of groups or projects did you start out with? <clears throat> started out uh, middle school, started out earlier than middle school because I'd play with dad's band, get up on stage, be a little six-year-old with a guitar, get some tips for me and the band. Uh, de- decent uh, vaudeville-style entertainment right, model. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Get them up there. Uh, <laughs> and, and then... Right around middle school, uh, turned into middle school band uh, band director at my middle school. Got me a gig with uh, the big band in mm-hmm. Helena, so I started doing that occasionally, and then that became smaller, like bar bands find me, and it's uh, it's pretty novel to have a twelve year old in your band, but also it's really cost effective. Because you can pay that 12-year-old whatever. Mm-hmm. You can pay that 12-year-old uh, $10. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, as I joke, I always want to find young kids to underpay in a band someday. Because that's what I that's what I experienced. Right. Uh, but it, 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 it was that. And then once I had a car, uh, high school, it was those bands constant. And plus bands with friends. Right, of course, of course. And then uh, I was a nerd <laughs> and I got a scholarship to come to University of Montana to study percussion and education, music education. And yeah, that's kind of the flow. Was, was playing in every band. Right, of course. Was there ever that moment? Is there a point where you can say, this is when I decided I want to do this for my life. You know, yeah. This is how I want to make my living. Yes. Two moments. A, like getting <laughs> the first times I got... First couple hundred dollars. Right, right. The first, the first hundred dollars was like, those were like a really big deal because while you can still play a gig for a hundred dollars if you want to these days, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> still do. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, at that time, that was amazing. Like through high school, like bought, bought my first car with playing drums. Right. Like that's like amazing. That's, am- that's amazing. That's still yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, but 16 was specifically when 15, 16, was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And because I was trying not to get a real job, like a real high school job. I worked at Blockbuster for a week. That was awesome. I worked at Hastings for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I wanted to do was just like, that's, I, I can do this. So I'm going to hustle as hard as I can to find as many gigs as I can. Uh, and being a drummer in Helena, the benefit is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, the market is there for a drummer, but there's only so many Fridays and Saturdays in the year. And so, like, you can only book yourself so much. And there's only so many bands that might need somebody. And then some some bands have different ways they want to run it, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that was, like, round 16 was like, no, I'm going to do this. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to go do, like, a, a job where I can... Why work that job for $25 a shift when I could... This is three hours. I can get four hours. I can, four hours, I can get 100 bucks. And I'm playing drums. Like, this is it. This is the magic. So around 16. And then, of course, I was talked into music education as a backup mm-hmm. and uh, the irony is it's there's two professors that talked me out of that while I was in it no 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 right. you just no you should go play music <laughs> this is you don't need a backup you just need to go play music and this will all you can always come back to this if oh you really God. want to and that is some of the best life advice I've ever heard passed on oh wow. yeah I mean and the first one told me like you don't need music education you should study something else right you should cherry pick your music classes and do things that will help you in the long run, mm-hmm. which 
they of course they did mm -hmm. and yeah i wish i would have cherry picked from the very beginning couldn't with the scholarship of course uh but i lost that once i lost the scholarship being on academic probation like right away right because i didn't learn how to study in school because i was busy playing music in school and uh and then coming there like to the the big leagues of university of montana uh it was like the funny thing happened when auditioning for that scholarship a uh, friend he's still my friend from college he was like four steps four years ahead of me he walked downstairs uh and saw the all the kids lined up waiting to go in an audition and he's like i hear there's two awards you receive in high school for music mm -hmm. and band the uh, louis armstrong jazz band award and the uh uh, uh suzo award right, right. for band and uh uh and he walked down he's like who hey i hear we have a here we have a couple award winners down here <laughs> and uh so who has a suzo award and everyone's hand went up. Oh, of course yep and who i have one myself actually <laughs> and who has louis armstrong award everybody's hand went up <laughs> and i that was a it's funny for him trolling the freshman that way <laughs> right right but it was also it was definitely something that i learned right away mm -hmm. was oh this is going to be the most competitive period like this is gonna be heartbreaking but also oh no, you're, you were special in your town. You were special in your town, and nobody knew you then either. Mm -hmm. Now here you are with a bunch of other people who think they're special. Right. You might have been big fish. Welcome to being a little fish. Uh, it's just like you got to embrace it. As far as like, you know, there's a, there's ways to be the big fish mm -hmm. in the big pond, and it usually some of it's performing, some of it's songwriting, some of it's your thing. Uh, there's other things. It comes down to personality. Mm -hmm. Is what gets you those jobs. It's what keeps you in work. Is like whatever. Be nice, all that kind of stuff. But I learned that right away. That like, oh, this nobody's special, mm -hmm. and this is about to be real sad. Watching people come out of the audition crying, right? And and like, oh, this is it's a nightmare, and like this is gonna be hard. But after the first year, professor, you don't need, you mm -hmm. don't want to do this. You want to you want to do this other thing exactly like, yeah i do well just stay here you know if you want to spend the money stay here do this this and this study whatever i picked early childhood development and mm -hmm. elementary education thought that was a better backup for me and then slowly but surely the second professor you know you're missing a lot of school he was like yeah because i'm out on the road he's like then you you and he didn't even say that like, you shouldn't be here he's like well you can't be here right but you're there's a spot for somebody mm -hmm. And if you're already doing it, why don't you go do it? Okay. Well, I quit that day. <laughs> All right. Well, you go from that. Because yeah. So you're, you're, you're actually transitioning into a, the kind of the full-time thing, and, and this is becoming the center of your life. One of the things that I really admire you about, and I would hope that a lot of people can take away from this, is that, as you said, you went in for drumming, but you're an amazing multi-instrumentalist. And, you know, you can do everything. You're one of the top bass players in the entire, you know, Western Montana. You know, you can you play great guitar. You're a songwriter. Clearly, you play drums. Yeah. You know, can you talk about that a bit? How was how have you been able to do so many things? And you know, maybe talk about what's your, what's your favorite? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's ADHD. Like <laughs> the superpower that is ADHD says, uh, like shortcomings because it's not a learning disability. It's a it's a way of living, and if you embrace it and use it. It's, it's like I had the aptitude to learn drums mm -hmm. and I, I had the aptitude to dedicate eight hours a day to it and just sit there and play and play, constantly play. And then it was also, it was in the house from birth on. And then like 
realizing like it, you know, going over to a friend's house and there's a base and you're like, this is fun. I was fortunate enough and, you know, lower, lower middle income house. But when I said, oh, base would be cool. A base shows up at Christmas and, or on my birthday. And like, what's that instrument? That's a mandolin. Uh, I want one of those mm-hmm. Christmas mandolin and like guitars and that thing. And, and, and I was around musicians because of, uh, watching dad play and around musicians. And I learned to talk about gear uh, years before I even really understood what gear was. Right. Like understood the value of it anything or whatever. And watching that process. Uh, so then, drummer, there's plenty of gigs. I'll take all the drumming gigs you can get. Well, once you have like a couple drumming gigs, you're sort of unavailable. Right. But there's still dates to fill. And like, I should learn how to play bass. And my interest in drums is like, as a serious thing, was like fifth grade through college, and then was making a decent living with um, a couple bands through like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And when the bottom sort of fell out recession wise, but also bottom fell out of like the music market, there's this thing that started to happen, which is there's a brewery on every corner. Right, right. And, um, there's a guy who talked to me, a, a buddy of mine, we were going to open up a brewery in uh, 2005. And uh, the bank and another guy talked us out of it because there were three breweries in Missoula and there's no way right. Missoula can handle a fourth one. limits. Uh, <laughs> crazy. So then once that happened, then there's like smaller ensembles. So like no drums. Right. Breweries, no drums. Some do, but for the most part, well, I can't, I don't want to get left out and there's gigs to be had. I should play some bass and like uh, I was playing in a band with an upright player and watching him and then realizing he was turning gigs down. I was like, oh, I need to learn how to play upright. Learn how to play upright and did a lot. I played orchestra in high school. So like it's not that foreign, but then like this is a useful tool to go make money. And then I've always written songs. I've always had a guitar laying around. I've been a lazy guitarist. I'm the, as far as like what I'm good at, I'm pretty, pretty low on the list as a guitarist, but it's a tool mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, give me G shapes and a capo. Those of you out here are rolling your eyes about my capo. Grow up, right? Grow up. There's a there's a there's a reality that uh, uh, if if the capo gets you, if you're able to go play a gig mm-hmm. and you like change the key and you're a singer, come on. Uh, so then, yeah, I rolled out the guitar, started writing songs, and had to start singing them in front of people. Mm-hmm. And then that arsenal is what I preach to every kid is to, to diversify. Like unless you're the leader in the band, you can't make a band, you know, like there's, you can't form a band. Oh, drummers don't make bands. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Okay. There's one. Okay. And, and <laughs> one in, in 40 end, years. Good job. Yeah. And in the end, he's not what you remember about Fleetwood Mac. Uh, every, nope. maybe by face, but, Nobody remembers Mick Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Like Fleetwood Buck him and Stevie Nicks. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And and like, and nobody, and uh, or uh, the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Stewart's band and that's the joke or that's their little inside joke. But again, everybody knows who Sting has. Mm-hmm. So like you can't, and bass players don't start bands unless you're a singer. Like there's like a whole bunch of things to where if you want to like vary yourself like that. And then also uh, it became like, I can understand the rest of the band. Like, I can understand what they're saying as a drummer. I, I know way too many drummers who have no, you know, it's fine. They have no idea what you say 
when you say, well, when we go to the four, we all do this. Mm -hmm. You go, well, when does that happen? You're like, well, when we go to the four. Oh, you don't know who that is. Okay, that's fine. It's this thing or this line or something. And like understanding everybody's point of view. And if drummers had like a little, if those type of drummers had a little music theory and they could like talk a little uh, and hear it and like do that, that's like a benefit. Right. And you also understand when you're talking to a band member trying to explain what you want them to do or what you think they should do. Mm-hmm. If you're speaking outside of their comfort zone or outside of the abilities of their instrument, you're you're making trouble and you're not making headway. Right. So like buy a bass, fool around with it. Every singer songwriter should have a, a shitty drum set and a bass uh, to go with their computer and their interface. That's so, so genius. You just sit there and like you can demo up your tune instead of wasting a three hour three hour rehearsal. Sorry, I don't do three hour rehearsals. <laughs> I came out of the educational system. We're getting a solid maybe two hours in. Uh, but you don't want to waste that rehearsal explaining one song. Right, right. When, like, you could just make this rudimentary thing that says, like, play one drum at a time. Play one drum at a time. Use a loop. Whatever. Just hammer out a bass idea so that you can, like, show the bass player. Make it yours, but here's kind of what I'm looking at. Oh, you're going to save three hours. You're going to save months, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the explanations and people get uppity. The whole thing is a big pain. Right, right. So you might as well know the other instruments. That's and, some wonderful advice. And like a keyboard, you get a keyboard for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, have it sitting on your coffee table. Uh, and, and and when a commercial comes on, try to figure out what key the commercials have. <laughs> and then figure out, oh, the chord change. Oh, that's what they mean by the four. Yeah, exactly. You start, right starts there, to, right there, yeah. all those things start to connect. It takes a while, but if you're doing the work, if you're just finding ways to pluck at this and do that. Yeah. And also, oh, you're a singer-songwriter? Great. You got gigs? Awesome. Uh, me or someone, I need a drummer just for tonight. Mm-hmm. Are you available? Right. I'm not that good. I don't care. Can you make time? Mm-hmm. Time and just hang on by the seat of your pants? Come play the gig, I'll give you hundred dollars. Right. More or less, whatever. But that is like it's a benefit, you know, and then you're out doing it. And you're out, it's like there's no there's no real school for this. No, no. So you might as well go out and do it. Be a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. Oh, it's and it's so it's so much better. There's the number of the coolest God, that's funny. There's probably like ten of the coolest shows I played were on bass or keys. And I'm a terrible keys player. That's like, funny. Terrible. But I can learn a song mm-hmm. and I can be in a band right and the other thing in the end was uh was learn how to sing mm-hmm. be be useful on you're useful on five songs in a three-hour gig that is worth so much more money than you brought uh, your 10-piece drum kit uh, or whatever like the the worth of someone who can sing a harmony so that's what I did immediately mm-hmm. because that's what the questions always were. Can you sing harmonies? You're like, not really. And we want that answer to be yes. Right, right. Because, oh, that's, that's some serious money. If you're working in a union uh, area. If you're working union gigs, that might mean more money even. Like legitimately more money getting mm-hmm. paid as voice and uh, getting paid as voice and instrument. Right, right. And like, it's like all sorts of really cool stuff that happens because you like try a little. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's not that good. It could be good, and uh, and like it's not a problem. It doesn't right. bother me. Mm-hmm.
Hi there, and welcome to the ad break. We're just going to take a moment to let everybody know about our community of growing members. And if you'd like to be a part of that, just look at the info below and there will be a click there for an email sign up. Join in and get your voice heard. As well, if you're enjoying this content, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world. There you can join any of our groups. And you can add to the discussion of what topics we will choose that will help you and hopefully future members of our groups, as well as join monthly Q&As and other such benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash the numbers 145 rural, and we look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to that regularly scheduled episode and enjoy that content. Thanks again. Yeah, diversification. Yes. Like, and that there's so much anybody can take from that. That's just wonderful. Yeah, and if you can sing, like every professor, every educator, everybody in my life, like even with your instrument, if you can sing it, you can play it. It's kind of a thing of like, if you can like sing your drum part, you'd probably be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, at least you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. like, if you're able to do that thing too, where you can like sing the part reasonably to somebody, you're getting so much more headway than a lot of other options Mm -hmm. uh trying to pick it out or trying to do a thing like here i want you to do a part that's like this and if you're comfortable singing you won't mind because even your best friend that you play music with you're gonna have trouble sing you're you know feel embarrassed to sing this like line that you wanted to play and then like even you know and now sing it again wait what was it no wait sing again wait what was it and like you're gonna be embarrassed might as well be somewhat confident at Mm -hmm. it and figure that out because it's just an education in yourself and you're an investment in yourself that says, oh, I'm able to do all these things. The, the pitfall is there's always a musician who starts playing an instrument and thinks they can do that. And now they want to do that, too, in the one band they're already in. Right. right. No, 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 no. Eh, go find another band. Go do that in. <laughs> just be your, little, be your little self in this band. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's so great diversification right right cannot believe how important well let's talk about some of your your projects that you've been doing and, and you've played with some of the best names that i personally think in, in around especially over the last couple of years and uh for sure you played with john floridas as one of his bass players and, and as, as one of his drummers early as, on yeah right right and uh played, tom catmill i played camel from it's now we're in our 21st or 22nd year together I uh, was his drummer for a million years, and then like I don't know six, nine, seven, eight years ago, I switched to bass with him, and uh, still there. Yeah, that's been great, and and, and an extremely inspirational person to play with. My bad. And yeah, continually still playing. I just uh, we recorded Florida's new album in my studio, which uh, is never it hasn't been a commercial studio in years. It's just friends and family, and right. Uh, which was really fun though. Uh, having a band in the studio was oh, the best, that. and uh, and it was a really fun time for that. Yeah, those guys, Caroline Keys, yep, was a good one. Uh, we were in Stella Rondo together. She was in my first real attempt at a band with my songs, uh, the New Hijackers. We traded. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you be in my band if you let me be in yours. Oh, so cool! And uh, and mild success on, or actually great success on both ends of that those two projects. Um, there's other people, yeah, but yeah, those are those are huge names in this in this whole state. Yeah, what other um, projects do you have that you do? My current workload is uh, I'm either solo, Trav, the mighty Trav. Mm-hmm. I'm either uh, with my friend Shell, uh, my musical partner Shell. She is um, 
multi-instrumentalist, beyond multi-instrumentalist, and a great songwriter, and a great singer. And she, um, we have a duo called Faster Rabbit. Okay. Which is as folky and precious and as lonesome as it gets. It's cute because we uh, almost have sibling harmonies. Right, right. Uh, referred to it as my twin, for better or for worse. Uh, I don't know how offensive that is to right. her. No, no, that's fine. Uh, it's probably offensive to her. No. And uh, and then she is the uh, she is the fourth member of uh, Love is a Dog from Nebraska. Right, Love right. Love is a Dog. With, uh, I got Drew and Brandon Barker playing drums and bass. Oh, cool. I know. There's a there's a real, like, real spoiled thing that happened when I finally asked them, <laughs> asked one of them to do it. And then uh, I have a I have a fake country band uh, that, um, it's funny, because I developed it for, I play a lot of private ranch work, and they want country music, but the private ranch guests don't actually want country music all night. Right, yeah. But they want a country okay. band. And I don't have to... There's like a whole bunch of material I don't have to learn mm-hmm. because I grew up doing that. <laughs> so then I brought my my dad in to play drums for that, and Shell came in to play bass for that. And so I got this. The and uh, Aaron Jennings is in there playing steel. I just got him his. I my my tradition of the last like six years is, if you join the band, you get your own. Yeah, like, loves a dog jacket, right, right. or you get your own. It's Red Merle and the Shepherds. Uh, you get your Red Merle jacket that you're officially in the band, and I will call you for a gig. Oh, and I depend on you. You so become cool. independent. You become indispensable. Yeah, the jacket is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. It means like I, I really need you to play this game. Right. Or uh, here's ten songs for you to learn by Friday. Sorry. <laughs> Good luck. Sorry about that. See Which then. everybody is. That's the group of people I've surrounded myself with. Are the people that can do it, that want to do it. Um, I still play with Tom, still play with John, still. But those are Love's Dog and Red Merle uh, are the bands. And uh, and the Mighty Travis is still, if there's a dude in the corner singing music, I'm one of those guys. Right. And obviously, that's what it's been. That's amazing. It's pretty uh, good these days. Just so you guys know, we hear Dog in the background. He's kind of by himself for the first oh, time. Buddy, so sorry about that. Buddy. It's going to be okay. Uh, so what's coming up for you? Let's hear about that. What kind of projects you got coming up? What kind of things are coming up for you? Yeah, a couple cool things coming up. I have my normal schedule coming up, like summer craziness. But you can check all those links um, below. We'll have those. You can take a look at those. Good old TravisYost.com. TheMightyTravis.com. <laughs> Loves a dog from Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, um, perfect. <laughs> I will, GoDaddy receives a big check from me every year. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I know. I know the feeling. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I have two things coming up. So pre-pandemic, uh, well, it was actually March of 2020. I had this thing. I finally put together a presentation that's called So You Want to Be a Professional Musician. Oh, that sounds amazing. And sounds right up everybody's alley. Yeah. I know. This is it. Uh, and and I sold out two nights of it, which was awesome because <laughs> oh, I don't even have to bring gear. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, and then the pandemic hit me had to cancel it. Just kept pushing it, pushing it as all that happened. Uh, and then now here we are. It's 2024. And I have to put that on the calendar. It's going to be sometime in March. Perfect. And um, I will be making a lot of noise about it. So That's you, that. are, you will see it in our follow our links. If you want to see awesome. it, we yeah. will have it up there as soon as we get it. And we'll have it for you. And as you can see, or here. I don't stop talking and I'll talk a mile a minute and the tangents are wild and the whole thing. But I, I came up with the presentation and mapped it all out to try to like, you know, keep it to two hours. Right. Cause we're right. talking about like professional musician is 
So yeah. varied and so wild. And like I've played with symphonies, I've played with bar bands, I've been uh, gun for hire for national touring acts, I've been a uh, solo singer songwriter, I've been a bass player, I've been a drummer, I've been all the things enough that I the people who show up, I can mention something to everybody mm-hmm. about everything, which turns out is a better deal because the thing you're telling the guitarist that wants to be a pro is going to help the singer songwriter uh, know what to look for, what not to look for. And then it's going to help this other person. And it's, it's going to be a reality. Right. Um, and I want people to take the information because at, at the, at the least it's somebody is inspired to book one gig because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's, that's the first step. How do you book gigs? Well, I can tell you how to do it, but that's not really the problem. Right. Because you can walk into any anywhere, just stay, stay with the United States, stay with North America. You can walk into any venue, any place, and if it's a night they don't have music mm-hmm. and they don't have anything else going on, you probably play. Like, how do you get a gig? That easy. That's easy. That's simple. Like, be more specific. Right, exactly. Oh, you want to make a living? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate, <laughs> but but there's a way, and there's a way for everyone to do it. So we're gonna put that on the calendar. We'll probably be at the Roxy Theater in Missoula. Okay, perfect. And uh, we'll do that, and then um, so I have that coming up. I have I'm gonna dive in. I've I've been an educator on and off over all the years. Uh, I used to teach here in Florence. You're kidding! I did not know that at Florence Carlton, uh, and uh, and I'm gonna dive back into the educational model for lessons. Um, because a, there's always like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where I got room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the problem is for me is that it used to be like, I don't know how you discovered music. I discovered music because it was in my house. Right. Like it's a pretty common story. Yeah. Music lover, there's gear. And while there wasn't, you know, guitars like but a guitarist would float into the house mm-hmm. and like oh there's a guitar and you touch it and you're like oh a guitar and like i took piano lessons which is a you know i know a lot of educators i know there's a lot less piano teachers than there used to be and so that's like it's not your exposure to music as a kid is like it's a lot harder now. not everybody has the piano in their house not everybody has the uncle that plays in a band. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot less common. You're right. And yeah. so I'm putting together a curriculum that will involve like a month of, hey, we're playing drums this week. We'll play bass next week. We'll play keys next week. And we'll play guitar ne- at the so last cool. week. And then we'll decide if you want to focus on something or do you just want to, we'll spend a month, we'll record one song and you'll play everything or something like that. Oh my God, that's so like smart. Get through all of the instruments because... Mm-hmm. You don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And also, like me, I don't nobody should be limited to one. The idea of like focus on one instrument, you know, uh master of one. Nah, sure. I'd rather I mean Nate Beale had a comment that was I, I, instead of being good at one thing, I'd rather be like okay at a bunch of stuff. Right, right. And for me, <laughs> that's how you make good music, is you're good at stuff. You know, like I'm, it never ceases to amaze me the number of amazing musicians who like it still doesn't it still doesn't it, it still have surprise when like this amazing songwriter uh there's a clip of him just joking around on the drums and it's decent mm-hmm. right oh, play drums oh and like be surprised by that is weird but also like oh, it's so cool right right oh it's because you've been around music and like it should be just natural so we're gonna do that uh the 
multifaceted lessons. And then we'll do, I do songwriting workshops for kids and adults. Oh, cool. And so while I'm not the greatest songwriter on earth, I can help somebody write a song. Right. And, um, and those being in the workshop format where it's usually four students and me. Mm -hmm. uh, and the deal is you get your assignment and you present it the next week. And that's that's a pressure that's we all so need. so fantastic. Well, if we can find Even those I links, get the yeah. pressure. get those links to me. We'll be sure yes. to have those as soon as we find them. If not, we'll have all his links below. Sure. Wherever you hear this or see this, whatever time it is, follow those. They'll be there. So, uh, anything else you'd like to share with with the people? So many things. Oh, you mentioned you want to talk about Naked Ridge Runner. Oh, yeah, go, there's yeah, no reason to not talk about. Of course, Naked Ridge of course. Runner. Tell us all about that. So the 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 elusive. Uh, uh, mythological beast that is the naked bridge runner <laughs> hasn't appeared in a couple of years because it's uh oh, i'm a little busy uh <laughs> there's a thing that happens with me and it's and it deals directly with like um the adhd thing of like okay i don't want to be a drummer anymore i want to be a bass player now mm -hmm. i want to be a guitarist uh there's a thing where i tend to monetize everything in my life right like as a songwriter i've monetized every relationship i've ever had and as, um, as a musician, every activity, because this thing called social media appeared in mm -hmm. like 2007, not, not counting MySpace pre that, because that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't as valuable as we thought it was. Uh, but now here we are, we're still in it. It's not going away. Uh, there was a point where jokingly, as my only hobby that I haven't monetized is walking around in the woods, going for hikes. <laughs> and like, there's a point oh, where I wanted to take the picture, take a picture of me <laughs> off in the distance, naked, my butt only, mm -hmm. uh, and post it on the internet because it's funny. <laughs> uh, and I did the first one and, and, and I got the most polarizing response I've ever received from a post, which is really funny to me because I talk about music on the internet and those get pretty polarizing. This one was polarizing. This one was, <laughs> oh, this is funny, 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 fun. This is fun, fun. Please stop doing this. I don't want to see this on my feet. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> one or the other. Please, no. There's two particular people that are like, oh, you can just hear it. Mm -hmm. And, but then the, <laughs> so then uh, Ed Stalling, drummer in town, he called me the Naked Ridge Runner. And I was like, what is that? What is that from? And there's a book called The Ridge Runner, which is about a, an elusive uh, human creature who was living out of Forest Service cabins and whatnot okay. in like Idaho uh, and Selway and whatnot. And they wrote a book about him, mm -hmm. the hunt for him, because he was just he would just live in a Forest Service <laughs> cabin for a month and then go to another one. And, and they would talk about him like running up the side of the mountain to get away from him or whatever. You could catch a glimpse of the Ridge Runner. And uh, he's like, you're the naked Ridge Runner. I was like, that's me. That's perfect. <laughs> but what I noticed is like, I post one of those on a Saturday off a hike or a Monday off a hike and think it was funny. But then that event post for my, that Friday gig would have 10 times the views, would have 10 times the invite likes mm -hmm. or something. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it was like, oh, the algorithm. Oh, uh, the algorithm showed is showing them more of me mm -hmm. because they interacted so <laughs> harshly or had fun with that particular post, and and I was like, oh great, uh, this is awesome, you know. And then I'm doing it consistently, like uh, right, right. It, like oh, I need one in front of, uh, uh, I need one in Butte in front of the thing, and now I need landmarks, right, uh, I need, right? Okay, glacier, and my my dad and I collect national parks, so then it became like 
Oh, every national park. I'm going to get the National Park Service involved in this. I'm going to keep going. This is great. And then there's a point where, yeah, okay. I just want to go. I just want to go for a hike. Right. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Like, I want to set up the camera. I don't want to do this whole thing. Uh, I just want to go for a hike. And then like, yeah, just normal stuff, body issues, anything like that. Where I'm like, oh, actually, I'm tired of putting naked pictures of myself. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> but he still exists and will always exist for when. When this summer comes along and I have important stuff come along, you never know he might pop out. Right, right. But it is. It's so funny because that's like such a weird, crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like some people think it's psychotic or some people think it's a little nutty. Uh, it's stupid. It's just silly. I'm just trying to get people to laugh. And, I and, think it's genius. And I want the attention. Right, right, right. No matter how I get it, I want the attention <laughs> on the internet. Right. Uh, and so be known for whatever. But then it... And, it, and uh, you know, baseline, I am just an entertainer, mm-hmm. not just, but that's the box. The I'm core, in. right? Yeah, and that's entertaining. Yeah, hope that's funny. And uh, I highly recommend. It'll be a link below. Do yeah, hashtag Naked Ridge Runner will take you to <laughs> that idiot in the woods uh, doing things in, in certain places where you think he got caught. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. But <laughs> I'm a, it's not weird. <laughs> it's just funny. But yeah, it's so funny the number of times that promo or this job is taken over by this other little thing mm-hmm. that all of a sudden becomes important. Like I had to start scheduling it. Oh, right. Like, oh God, I got to get some new naked runs on pictures. Oh no. Yeah. It's lo- okay. See, it's kind of <laughs> losing itself. That's just like, that loses itself. And then, Oh, I don't, I don't know if I need to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. What's the age limit where like I should take a break and then come back because like, it's funnier if you get older or something. Right, I don't right, know what right. It is. What's the deal? And like, how many people are going to look at me face to face and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then the number of people that are like, this is fun. I love it. And like, ah, oh, the dichotomy is too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like anything else in my life. It's like, comes down to, but like, how does this affect the gig? How does this affect my gigs and it affected it positively? So well, I guess this is the deal. Love it. Absolutely I love, love it. it. Like I said, all the links will be below. We'll have everything that you do in our touch and we can get a link to it. We'll put it below. But is there anything else that you want to share with the, the people before we, no, we sign off? I got 10 hours of material. No, uh, that is, this has been awesome. Well, I uh, coming I down and talking about this. Oh, thank you so much. I love what you're doing because uh, we don't have it. Like uh, I, as a podcaster, uh, we had successful podcasts. We really like doing it, but you're doing it consistently. You're also doing the ones by yourself which I can't even bring myself to do those. Like, I want to do those. I can't even bring myself to do them because, like, I'm the only one in charge. Right. It's, it's very time-consuming. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you're that. living in the video world, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't even do that. And and so, like, what you're doing is great. Oh, I appreciate that really so great. much. And it's a really our honor to have you. And, and whoever said no to you so far, there we go. No, you sons of bunnies. But still. <laughs> I'll talk to him. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And again, everybody, check out all those links. Go watch some shows. Please check out The Naked Ridge Runner. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, just thank you again. One awesome. more last one. Thank Thanks, you brother. so much, Travis Yost. And we'll see you guys on that next one. Thank you. Yay. Bye. <laughs>